Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022. Today on the Ether, the weekly Shade Protocol Twitter space. Let's take a listen. So it looks like we have everyone up here um, that's going to be going to be talking today in regards to the questions that we've got. But uh, yeah, like Ranger said, welcome everyone to, to Shade Protocol's first Twitter space. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about shade culture uh, and what it means for shade to to operate in a decentralized ecosystem. And some of the topics that we are going to talk about are the struggles that we've had, what do we like from other ecosystems, and more specifically, Secret, uh, just because we are an application built on top of Secret Network, and and then a couple other just Cosmos related questions. Um, but to kick us off, let me grab my let me grab my list of questions really quick. So the first question is going to be directed towards Carter and Ranger. But how do you guys see Shade handling decentralization in an ecosystem? How do you guys see us operating? How do you guys see us uh, handling communications and and so forth? Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty broad question. Um, I think the 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 biggest paradigm you immediately notice with these decentralized communities is, is inevitably. The more people that get that get pulled into the vision, the more people you have at play. That are- Carter, you got muted. Oh, I got muted. Let's try that again. Oh, test. Are we good now? You should be good. Okay, sorry about that. But long story short, the more people you pull into the vision, the harder it is to to organize, right? Just just by like the law of entropy, right? Organizing a thousand people versus organizing ten people. Um, is automatically going to be a more difficult task. And then the more people there are, the more difficult it is to determine like who are the most uh, competent, competent people and, and capable of making like judgment calls on decisions for the protocol or at least advocating for those decisions for the protocol. So Ranger, I'd love, I'd love your thoughts on like um, what, what does it mean in a decentralized community to find the most like competent individual? Cause I feel like right now on blockchain, it's kind of like, if if you're there, um, then like it's 100% kind of like accepted, and that's like part of the decentralized ethos is like everyone kind of has um, a spot at the table. But there's like there's advantages. It's all kind of tied to the thought of what does it mean to build out a decentralized ecosystem, and I think that's like one of the the risks at play. Yeah, I think it is tough because um, there's like in in the real world, you know they put out a job description and they say like we want someone who has experience doing this in the past and or you know has this particular skill set and i think in crypto um it's like everyone is everyone is uh educated or um knows something but i think that there's not a lot of like direct application like even like an economist for a crypto product may be a guy that in his day job or 
in his previous job didn't do economics, but did accounting or something related. And so it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to discount anyone because all, you know, everyone is kind of learning like crypto is a new thing. I like to tell people, if you want to learn crypto, you have to unlearn traditional finance a little bit. Um, but when it comes to finding people, I think it's really like people need to be willing to give good thoughts in like public forums to stand out because like, you know, it is like kind of a marketplace of ideas. Like you're on a telegram or you're on a forum and you just have a random username. So like, how do you stand out from that perspective to be like, this guy has good thoughts and we should bring him in. Um, and then it's maybe less about background and more about, you know, what are you saying on a consistent basis and does it mesh with um, the project's culture, I guess, and ideology and skills that are needed. Interesting. So it's, it's definitely like a fine line between anyone can differentiate themselves on a public forum in a public space by like showing that, you know, showing competency, showing well thought out critical thinking. Um, but then there is also this component of it, like what if there could be people that are like true professionals um, that have that background experience that are going to be a higher level. And how much weight do you give to people that have those traditional backgrounds? Because like, there's a tension there, right? Like you could talk to an economist that has no idea how to apply that to crypto, right? But at the same yeah. time, they might have like a deeper level of understanding than any of us will ever have access to that are pseudo economists that have had to like figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be awesome if there was a way on chain to like somehow prove credentials. Um, but, you know, I think it's like it's funny because in a decentralized world and like this is kind of why I've been like harping on culture a little bit is like there's so many important questions to answer. It's like if someone comes in and they have that background, but before they lift a finger, they want to be paid. Like, do, is that person like aligned with the culture? Like in a decentralized, everyone's contributing to the bottom line. Everyone should be trying to pump their own bag because they're shade people. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a difficult thing to, to account for. Yeah. And I, I feel like the community I, I really look up to is like MakerDAO in terms of how they run their forums. And I would definitely say you're onto something about public forums being a place of differentiation. Um, just because it's like a forum is your chance to at length defend an idea or essentially like attack an idea. Um, and you can't really hide competency within a, within like the context of a forum. I mean, like people, people can get away with it, but I think an emphasis on the most in-depth discussions being written is like a really good way for people to stand out. Um, but I mean, there's trade-offs to every, every medium, right? Like you could have someone who's a really good speaker and good at like on the fly, creatively thinking about things such as like a Twitter space that aren't as good as like on a public forum. So I don't, I don't know, like what, what, what is, what does shade culture emphasize? You know, does it emphasize forum versus, you know, video medium versus Twitter space? Like these, these are all questions at large. Yeah. And I guess to think about um, that, like 
in we were talking about like credentials and if someone could prove that they were an economist to therefore work on the economist like in this in this like pseudo anonymous world you know without um without doxing yourself i mean that basically is your way to prove your um understanding is basically by just speaking publicly about things so but what does shade want to emphasize um that's a tough question it's like i i don't know um i think that we want to emphasize having hard conversations i think we want to em emphasize transparency uh in the way that we're thinking and approaching topics um you know you laid out a really good slider and trade-offs on the forums which I, if you if you haven't been to the forums you know i would really suggest you check them out um and give your opinion on what it should be as well yeah and i, I guess the observation is that uh, every single community choice in terms of culture technically has trade-offs like you could have a community that they were just like absolutely brutal like there there's no like sugarcoating anything and there's like advantages to that right like you really get down down to things the flip side is, is that like the delivery of that truth um, can sometimes keep people around because some people don't react well to like <laughs> stuff that's not sugarcoated. And those people still might be valuable contributors, even though they don't react well to stuff that's not sugarcoated. Right. And that's like an example of a trade off of I think that was emphasis on truth versus delivery of truth is like an interesting one. And I think we probably err more on the side of from what I'm seeing from the community my gut says that like emphasis on truth versus delivery seems to be like where, where the bias is. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely lean towards telling the truth and having the hard conversations. Um, you don't want to start something with false assumptions and you don't want to, you know, just put your head in the sand. Like if we're, if we're here for the next 10 years and we're trying to build something that's going to have billions of dollars inside of it, then like these, they might like, this is why I think culture is important. It's like, it might seem like these are small decisions, but I feel like the landscape that we set for the community is ultimately what will make or break our success, you know? So. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think, I think that all makes a lot of sense. I think this is a great segue into our, into our next question. Ranger, you specifically brought it up of, of Shade Protocols focused on transparency and, and having these hard conversations. So what are these are these key principles that we're going to set for the community and, and for the culture? Are they things like transparency and, and more leaning towards just hard truth, whether or not it's, it's sugarcoated or delivered correctly? Like, what do you what do you and Carter and, and Father Flash see these principles, core principles being? Yeah, I don't know. It kind of leads back to de the decentralization a little bit as well. Like, you know, in a decentralized environment, you know, not everyone is ultimately going to be working on, you know, building the protocol, but that doesn't mean that people aren't invested and they want to understand what's going on. So like transparency, like things like this are very important. We need to give people um, a good amount of information to make decisions. Uh, and, you know, I think there should be a level of decorum to how you say things. But when I speak about, like, the emphasis of truth, I just mean that we shouldn't really 
like recreate a world where it's like, oh, this is this is a bull market problem. This is a bear market problem. It's like if we have issues, we should just fix them now before we build on top of them. And so that's really like the core thing that I would like to see from, you know, maybe the shade community um, and even like call, you know, call any of us out like that's how we're going to all, all get better. As we said, like everyone here is like educated and but we're also like taking on new roles as a new industry. So like definitely voice any opinions that you have about how you think things should be or if things are going um, somehow off the rails. Yeah, and I think on the the subject of transparency, I feel like transparency is kind of like a a superpower in the sense that like if you if we're able to, you know, transparently walk through the problems that are being solved and we can do it out in the public for the entire community to see, it means like we're unlocking um many more people to be able to think about the problem itself, right? So like an example of that is even like talking about bond issuance and shade swap and some of the structures like uh, like I'm pushing internally as much as we can and like as a group to try to have these conversations and discussions out in the open because then the community actually gets to see problem solving happening in real time. And so my gut instinct says if you if you choose a path of less transparency what is gained because it's always, it's always a trade-off, right? Like being opaque versus being transparent. Like it's, there's actually trade-offs and something there's, there's pros and cons to both, but the more, the more opaque you are um, about problem solving and about um, the risks, it's kind of like you're able, you're able to hide the potential like struggle and, and like what it means to overcome those problems or potential like incompetency, right? Versus if you're transparent, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to hide behind, right? Like it's just, it's just a hundred percent, right out there in the open, you have to, you have to stand by the decisions that are made, the discussions that have been had publicly on forums or out in the open or on telegram. Um, and I, and I think, I think that's the way to do it in a decentralized community, like being, having leadership be extremely opaque. Um, but then having like a decentralized community that feels like a bit of an oxymoron that there's, that seems to be a tension there. That's difficult to overcome. Father flash. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on kind of that, that trade off of, opaqueness versus transparency yeah no I, I definitely hear what you're saying um i think transparency definitely is key for just like you, you brought up maker right like any of these communities that are just flourishing um the the decentralization really is tied to that like that transparency um i think when people are able to see like the this the, the decision making process uh, behind things uh, you know, it, it gives them a sense of like credibility, um, you know, it builds that ethos where now they feel comfortable, uh, you know, investing their money into this financial service, right? This protocol, because they understand what the decisions are. They, they understand the thought processes. Um, but I think just like on, on a, on a bigger, you know, to, to, to answer your question, Dalton, uh, you know, about just like, what are some of the key principles for shape protocol? Like, you know, you got to think of this as like almost like values. Like, what what do we value, right? As as a protocol, as a community, what are we valuing? And I think we need to value all of our community members. Um, and like, uh, I know, I know, uh, you know, Ranger, we we spoke about this many times. Um, but it's we need to make sure that community members are all acknowledged um, 
and, and they feel comfortable where they are. Um, and there's still discussion where people are, you know, you know, there's constructive criticism, um, yet people can walk away and feel, you know, comfortable about what, what just went down. I think that this also ties into uh, another thing of values is, you know, one of the things that we should try and use as a principle is, is questioning assumptions. And I think as like a layer two, um, you know, this is something that we inherit naturally, where many people, many applications inherit, uh, you know, on all the different chains. So, for example, like you look at pretty much anything outside of, of secret network and, you know, these people would just overlook the assumption of, of privacy, right? That's, that's, that's an easy one. And I think us as Shade Protocol built, being built on secret network, we need to question the assumptions that come with secret network. Um, and, and, and all these should be, you know, in a, in a way where people can offer up their opinions um, and, and also have them shot down, but they aren't feeling like they need to uh, leave the protocol. So I think, yeah, Carter, to, for transparency, you know, we need to have, uh, you know, this communication, uh, the, the status of communication be acknowledged uh, across the community members and the core development. Yeah, truthful, truthful, but polite at the same time. I don't think the truth has to be less of a truth if you say it politely. I think it's just a bit of an art form to pull off. <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the harder things to do is to like completely and utterly disagree with someone, but do it completely politely. Um, I'm going to ask, I'm actually going to ask Dalton a question here on the topic of transparency and excellent points, Father Flash, just in terms of, yeah, like 100% agree with, with everything that was said there. But I want to post like a challenge question to Dalton. Um, so we're talking about the subject of transparency. What does that tension look like when it comes to like product development and marketing? Because like in the world of, of Web3, like there's this, this paradigm where like anticipation and like building building hype is like like a very important part of like pulling in new users and getting people excited about products. And so how do you handle the tension between building anticipation for something that is to come um, and how that conflicts with like transparency, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first the first part of that question is that we just have to acknowledge the space that we're in. We're not in a web two space. Things move unbelievably quickly in the web3 world in the in the crypto world in general and so it's a very it's a very fine line that like you said that's a balance between creating hype for a project and products that you're releasing versus holding some back right and and kind of creating this this mystery of like oh hey what are what are they actually building what what's going on are they are they actually building things like are they doing all right where's the project at um, but that, that's, that process is accelerated because we are in such a, such a busy space of, of web three, usually in, in web two, um, <laughs> I guess just on a normal product cycle, like companies don't launch a handful of products in one year. If like they launch maybe one, maybe two, if they're doing very, very well. Um, but in the crypto world, like projects are just launching products left and right in regards to to like handfuls of countless three, four or five products in one year. And there's a there's a fine line between launching products, but launching products correctly, launching products in a succinct pattern that will lead to adoption. 
and launching products in a pattern that will lead to safety as well for users because you can launch five products in one year you but are they are they audited were they built correctly are they are they safe to use there's, there's all these questions that come into this into this process of of your actual question of how do you balance in between like releasing products and building hype or even announcing products that are coming later in the year versus versus not and holding back a little bit um i think we've done that pretty pretty well for shade and the biggest part for shade as well is that the ecosystem of DeFi applications only completely makes sense if you know about all the applications. And so that's been the hard balance for us is we want people to understand that there are more and more products than they think that are coming that will create this ecosystem that you actually don't have to leave. You could hold shade and do completely everything you've ever wanted to do in decentralized finance. But we can't, we can't I guess, release all of we can't put all of our eggs in one basket and just tell you everything we're going to do, right? Because you would just kind of see it and you'd go, yeah, all right, cool. Like, we'll believe it when we see it. And so the way you kind of balance that is, hey, you release one product. You prove yourself, right? You, you make sure that the community is able to use said product that you've released and that it's safe and that it's sound. And then you move on to the next product and say, hey, remember, remember that we did this. Remember that we airdropped a token to you. It was very smooth. Our, our engineering team actually integrated a wallet that no one else has been able to do to date with, with Terra. Um, and now we're going to be building all of these new things that will allow you to do more and more. And so it's, it's, there's not really a, a right answer. It's just, it's a very fine line between making sure people understand that there is more, but that they can't exactly know it yet because it'll give up the whole, the whole secret. Um, I do see that Father Flash requested, so maybe he had to jump off and jump back on, but I'm going to add him here. Yeah, it's an inter interesting tension of like, you know, there, there's many, many products at play. And if it was just like, like imagine you open sourced a white paper as it was being written. It'd be it'd be pretty it'd be pretty chaotic. So like I I, I guess what I'm trying to point out here is that one of the advantages of like uh, at least with product development of not necessarily being quote unquote like a thousand percent transparent is that like you're able to deliver the storytelling and the product in a much more cohesive way. Like once they've reached like its own its proper stage, like it's it's matured to the correct point in time. Um, but I guess I just wanted to pose that challenging question to point out that like product releases aren't totally transparent in the sense that like the, you know, if someone comes up with a product idea and like, they don't necessarily immediately shout it to the community. It's like, Ooh, we gotta like, we gotta formulate this. We gotta turn this into something mature. We gotta see if this is something that can be developed. And like, yeah, just, I just wanted to point out the tension there. I think you answered that, that, uh, super well. Um, yeah, and, so, yeah, and I mean it's the it's a trade-off again, right? Been in terms of transparency, and can you be fully transparent on product? Probably, probably not. But can you be fully transparent on grants and funding like that? Yeah, more than likely. There's things that you can be fully transparent on, and things that you probably shouldn't be, just for the sake of of being more successful than not. And so again, it just it comes to trades trade offs and and making sure that like everything is kind of functioning correctly. Um, 
but yeah, no, very, very solid question. Thank you for that. Um, so the next, the next question we have is what things do we like about our current ecosystem that we would like to inherit and, and see pushed forward for shade? So I think Ranger's probably best suited to answer this first and then Carter and then Father Flash, if you want to add anything as well. Um, I mean, what do we like about uh, the current culture? I mean, I think that right now we have a lot of people that want to contribute, which, you know, I don't, I don't hang out in many other communities, some other IVC ones, but it seems like Secret is more, has a lot of doers inside of it. So I think that that's very positive. Um, yeah. It, are we supposed to say negative? No, because... <laughs> Yeah, we can do negatives. We can we can do positives let's, and negatives. Yeah, let's do sure. let's do positive positives and, and negatives. Let's focus on positives first and then we'll swing back around and do some do a couple of negatives as well. I mean, I think that one other thing that's really great about the secret community is it obviously it came from, you know, Enigma, which was launched in 2017. So there's a lot of very old school crypto people here, like um you know, Monero and Bitcoin and early Bitcoin investors and things like that. So to me, um, the community is filled with veterans. And so there's a lot of knowledge in and around this, um, this community. And so that's definitely another big positive, I think. Yeah, let me, yeah. Let me maybe rephrase the question and not focus so much on secret network itself. I just I focused on secret network just because we are built on top. But maybe let's open it up to just the cosmos in general. Like, what are what are things that we like from other other communities that we would like to see Shade inherit? So that includes Osmosis, that includes Juno, that includes every everyone kind of involved. Interesting. I, I would say my my gut instinct. Sorry, sorry to jump in there, Ranger. Is like the excitement about what can be unlocked with the internet of blockchains, right? Which is like, a, it's like a like very broad thing, but like the one thing that like, you can talk to someone who's an Osmosis Maxi or a Juno Maxi or Secret Network Maxi. And like the one thing everyone is united on is like, what happens when one blockchain can talk to another? What happens when like assets can move fluidly from one chain to another? And so like, what does that re really boil down to as like an attribute? It's curiosity, right? It's curiosity about what interoperability can can unlock and so i would really really hope that like as a community we foster a consistent curiosity about like what shape protocol can pull off what it, what it's capable of what it can do that we continue to dream up better and better economic systems better and better governance models better and better products um yeah curiosity i think that's what unites the cosmos like at its at its heart yeah, absolutely. Ranger, do you do you have anything else from other ecosystems or, or Father Flash as well? Yeah, I could definitely jump in here. Uh, I would say that, yeah, along the lines of curiosity. Um, but I, I think one of the most important, right, if, if you came across Shade Protocol, you probably found it in a secret network and you realize that privacy is, you know, essential for the, uh, you know, mass adoption of, of whatever. And I think that that's like a really beautiful you know, like character trait that most people in not even just the cosmos, but like secret network in general, uh, I guess in the cosmos as well, you know, w what it really is boils down to is we understand what it takes to plan for mass adoption. And one, you got to realize that interoperability is, you know, key. 
but privacy is key. Um, so I think those two are probably one of my favorite things that most community members, when they're in the ecosystem, they realize and, and they always push forward with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think all of us here just fully, fully believe that privacy is the only way moving forward. Um, but okay, let's transfer to the negatives and let's let's do this in a way that like Carter and, and Ranger spoke about is is polite but truthful. Um, so what are some negatives from from some ecosystems, um, not specifically secret or secret if if that's what it is, but that you wouldn't want to see Shade adopt or that you would you'd be wary of of walking forward with? I think a lot of cultural problems emerge when there's a divergence in incentives where like a subset of individual short-term incentives are stronger than like the long-term health of the protocol and the community that so that's and so where where do you start to see those short-term like divergences in incentives start to emerge i think a lot of times it has to do with capital allocation from protocols and so like the really obvious one that everyone in the cosmos can look at pretty easily is like validators right it's like this interesting subset of individuals that have their own economic incentives but then they're also all united under like making sure that the protocol that they they all are making right because it's a network of nodes um succeeds as well and i think like within cosmos and juno and osmosis like we do see these interesting you know, we got like the Prop 72, Prop 16, like all these things emerging. Like ultimately the, the great debate is people talking about like long-term incentives for the protocol and the long-term impact versus short-term impact. And I think culturally sometimes the, there's negatives when people are too long-term focused or, or too short-term focused. And so that's, it's, it's a dance, you know, there's, there's no like, one right way to navigate it. Um, but I do think if you had a community that was really, really biased towards a decade long vision, right? Like if, if you're able to get rid of like the, the short term blinders, even though sometimes that is important, but if you, if you could have a community operate with that super long term vision, like that would be a superpower for a community to have. But once again, this goes back to what I said earlier bag holders and token holders. Many of them are operating under a short-term lens, right? Not a decade-long vision. And that automatically creates a cultural friction within your community. And so I don't, I don't know like, how you necessarily can build that economically, but I do know that like, culturally, from a leadership level, from a community contributor standpoint, if we can keep the discussion focused on that decade-long vision, then I think we're going to be able to sidestep some of the negatives we've seen from certain Cosmos communities. And once again, it's not even a knock on those, on those communities. Like it seems like such a very natural problem to emerge out of the entropy that is diverging economic incentives. So, yeah, abso absolutely. Uh, Ranger or Father Flash, do you guys have anything to add? Like things that you just don't want to see um, adopted into the shade, shade ecosystem at all? Well, I could be uh, mistaken, but I just feel like Many other ecosystems in my mind have like very organic, um, very organic demand to like tweet and just engage. And, um, you know, I was been speaking with some of the original lunatics trying to unlock kind of like, how did they 
come together in such a powerful way. Uh, they basically told me that um, it was all it was all kind of organic based around like the vision aligned of like decentralized blockchains require decentralized money. And so um, I guess I would like to see our community kind of be more organically engaged if if that's the polite way to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a big one for me. Yeah, and part of that is like needing to make sure that the the vision is unified, which I think right now the tagline is private, global, stable. But that speaks to like Silk's mission. What's Shade Protocol's vision, right? Well, it's an array of connected DeFi, privacy preserving applications, but that's not necessarily as succinct as decentralized blockchain needs decentralized money. So there's a challenge problem for anyone listening to this. If it, like what what is the rallying cry for Shade Protocol? Privacy for DeFi. That's definitely that's definitely a very succinct way of putting it. But maybe maybe there's something else. Maybe there, there's a different phrase and and story that we can that that is that probably is going to be very very close to that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Decentralized blockchain needs decentralized money, and a community rallied behind it, behind that vision organically. It's really cool. Yeah, I'll I'll hop in here as well. Like with that, I would say that one of the things I don't want to see in Shade Protocol, um, which I don't think we'll we'll get to this point, but it's that idea, like Ranger, you brought up, you know, the Terra ecosystem. So many people have flocked over to there, uh, you know, because of pretty much because of Anchor, right? They, they're looking for that high APY, um, and they want to jump on that, and that's great. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but the issue is, is that we need people to focus on sustainability, right? Like you're talking about a protocol that we are envisioning is going to have billions of dollars. And the number one thing that people need is sustainability. Uh, they want to make sure that their money that's in there is, is not going to go anywhere. Um, and, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, decentralized money is you could do more with your money than you would be able to traditionally. And as long as you can do that and you have privacy baked in, which you know, pretty much for anybody coming on, they're not even going to need to even, uh, you know, in the future, they're not going to need to worry about that, right? That should just be not even a thought, right? Privacy should just be baked in. Um, but sustainability, of course, needs to be needs to be there. So to answer your question, Carter, to kind of piggyback off that, you know, we need to we need to create shape protocol needs to be plan now for mass adoption. I know I said this before, but we need to have it so that the user experience is as seamless as possible so they can go and interact with this decentralized money, not be worried about losing their money, not be worried about prying eyes on their money or on their data in general. And they won't have to worry about going hopping from this blockchain to another blockchain to go find some protocol with a different coin or token. And instead, they could just stay where they are and do everything they need to do without having to worry. Um, so, you know, I guess the user experience, the easy user experience is something that I would say a lot of people in the DeFi space has not been, have not been doing. And that's something that I want to see, uh, you know, flourish with Shade Protocol. It's so interesting to me how like the, the attributes of the product also become attributes of the community. Like they're so, they're like so interwoven into each other. Right. Cause like that, the, the question started with like, what's like culture in cosmos that like we appreciate or don't appreciate. And like, it's, it's really intriguing to see how like answers like, Oh, like sustainable economics and like 
a, a long-term focus. Like so much of that is product focus. I think Ranger, your answer was a very like purely culture answer about like organic community engagement versus me and father's flashes answers were more like about product that is tied to like communities view of like what they're participating in. I, I don't know. I find that really fascinating. They're all, they're all, they're all great components, right? Organic engagement, sustainability, and a long-term focus. Those all are cultural values, but some of them are really intimately tied to the product design too, which is cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, and I guess that that resonates with like the points that the, um, that the lunatics were kind of making was like the vision of the product was ultimately what drove the organic engagement uh, coupled with recognizing people who are organically engaging from the largest accounts that shade has, which is maybe like the main account you, uh, I don't know who else would fall in that category, but like, I think that, yeah, it's, it, it all does tie together. So. Dalton, do you have an answer for this one? I'd be curious for on your standpoint of any community attribute that you think is not so great in the cosmos that you'd like to see different on shape protocol and by cosmos, it's any cosmos blockchain, of course. But. Yeah. I, I, so for something, I'll start with something positive and then I'll, I'll say something slightly negative and then I'll say something positive again. Um, so I agree with Ranger that I, for secret ecosystem specifically, the amount of veterans that we have in regards to the crypto industry as a whole is in the knowledge, the knowledge base that is, that is in secret is unbelievable. And I think it's an kind of untapped potential just in terms of the cosmos ecosystem in general i think there's so much to be learned from everyone in the secret ecosystem and that and that goes for every for every project in the cosmos um i'm i am biased of course just because i've interacted the most with people in the secret network but i think it's an untapped potential um just all of the all of the knowledge that is that is in secret um, from all of these people that are that are excited to be building that are excited to be doing all of these new things um, something negative I see, uh, is, is the, not the inability, but the, but the lack of educating your neighbor in a sense. Um, if, if someone doesn't fully understand a product or someone doesn't fully agree with something and potentially has a, has a different idea, it's not really an ecosystem specific thing. I've just, I have noticed that there are times where someone does something like that and the immediate reaction isn't to ask why they think that, why, why are they perceiving it that way? What can we, can we have a conversation? It's, it's more so to jump them in a sense and go, well, you're stupid. You're dumb. You don't understand this. Obviously like you never will. And it's, and it's unfortunate. I'd, I'd really love to see people, be more inclusive in that sense of education of of asking questions and and asking people hey like i under okay i understand that you think that way why do you think that way have you thought about it this way like let's walk through why this system is the way it is and why it was built this way and so maybe either you'll understand it or if at the end you still don't agree with it at least we've had said conversation um, I'd, I'd really like to see more of that and not so much the, the attacking and kind of like, well, you just don't understand it. Like you'll never understand it. Just move, move on. Um, 
and then for another for another positive, I, I do agree with Father Flash in terms of sustainability being one of the most important things that we can build for. Um, both on like a product side, like Carter, you were talking about, like it's very, very intimately tied with sustainability long term in the market is also tied with sustainability of like the product and how well it's built and how solid it, it functions. Um, but sustainability as well for, for the community, right? Like sustainability just doesn't happen. You, you have to have this culture built and you have to have this inclusivity built for anyone that can wants to come in and wants to function in the ecosystem, they're able to, and they're allowed to, and they're, and they're actually encouraged to, right? There's not this like huge wall of, of something that you have to jump over to get into this ecosystem or like to be adopted into it or to be involved in the community. Like that is one of my bigger things. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm a little bit biased as well because I, I do work on the marketing side slash community side of things. But one of one of my bigger sustainability things is, yes, product absolutely has to be like a 100 percent solid for long term sustainability. But you also have to, Carter, and I think you agree with me on this. You also have to empower community members and you have to empower not just protocol like members, but, but just regular everyday members of the community to step up and take accountability to create a sustainable ecosystem that everyone is able to function in and that new people are allowed to come into, grow in, and then take those, take those positions of leadership later, later on once they've been around for a while. Um, and that ties in again to my, my ask of the educate, education piece, because if you can do those things, you, you also lend it yourself to educating people, right? And, and that just builds a long-term sustainable vision for the protocol. And I, and I think that's what we're all here for is the, is like the 10 plus year vision. Um, but yeah, I, those are, those are some, just some things that I, I noticed um, from being in this space. I, I love the idea of like, it's essentially like open arms, right? It's like, Hey, this person, they don't get shade protocol or they don't get secret network. And so instead of, I think the word you use is instead of like jumping them, Instead, it's like a dialogue. It's like a, hey, like, that's really interesting that you think that. Like, let's, let's talk. Like, what, where, you know, where'd you get your information on Secret Network? Here's, like, what's, what, what are some of your questions at large that would make you change your mind about Secret Network? And, like, those types of discussions versus just outright being, like, wow, you, don't, you really don't understand this project. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, and that's, that goes back to kind of the being, being polite, um, but also willing to, like, troubleshoot and problem-solve disparities in knowledge with, you know, whether it be a veteran in the cosmos that's already made up their mind or someone that's just installed Kepler. Um, one really interesting tension point, I know you brought up the idea of like empowering community members. And I think capital always becomes like a really controversial topic in, in like communities, right? Because people, the dream is that you could be empowered via capital to like work on a protocol or contribute to a, a protocol. And I think to Ranger's point, that ends up introducing some like really interesting like, incentive, incentive problems potentially. And maybe it's a different Twitter space where we like sit down and like troubleshoot that out in the open and like really walk through what some of those problems are. But I guess one thing I'll say is one of my gut instincts is that DeFi protocols have yet to solve for the social layer. And by social layer, I mean, what does it mean to create a community that hangs out, spends time together, enjoys like just being humans together 
under the banner of something like shape protocol without it having to be 100% focused like on the product. And like some people would say, Hey, that like, that's like, un- that's an unreasonable concept, right? Like everyone's invested and therefore like the only unifying factor is like the product. But I think like we should aspire for more, like what, what would it mean to make like a, a social layer tied to a DeFi protocol that is like truly passionate about not just the product, but the people, right? Because if, if we can have people be passionate about people and excited about community, that is when you've created something that is resilient, right? And I think, I think Ranger was alluding to this earlier, that secret network has a lot of veterans and people that have been around since a really long time. And the question is, have they stuck around because of the product or have they stuck around because of the people? And the answer is, it's a combination of both. And because it's a combination of both, if you're a DeFi protocol that's not focused on building out a robust social layer, then you're missing a key component of what it means to build a resilient community. And we want to build a resilient community. So that's probably deserves its own, like, own, own separate talk of like what it means to build out a social layer. And there's probably trade-offs to pursuing building out a social layer. But anyways, just, just some thoughts. Yeah, I think I think maybe maybe next Twitter space, right? That I think that fully deserves that it's its own little sit down and in conversation, yeah, about what it actually means to build out a a sustainable social layer. Um, moving more towards the cosmos as a whole, like obviously with announcements like Didex coming, right? They're building their own L one and bringing Didex Exchange to the cosmos. Things like Juno um, launching Ultra Ultra Stable, their their USD backed stablecoin, like. What are what are some things that you guys are excited for in the cosmos that you're looking forward to? Um, projects like people announcements, like any anything that you guys are are looking forward to. Well, I, I like the NFT aspect of of crypto too because like Carter was talking about the social layer, and I feel like that is really where it comes. Uh, and so my favorite is like Strange Clan, and they've been releasing game footage, and so I'm pretty excited to see. Uh, more of that but i think that it's like they have a year or two of development work left but um yeah strange clan is minting soon so their second town if you're if you care but yeah i mean that that's one of my favorite um non-secret uh related projects there's this uh pfp project i think it's called the nons don't know if you've heard of it Oh, I would say I'm really excited for um, Comdex and IST, specifically IST, just because I think like uh, I, I'm like really excited to see what happens when you put some of like the best Cosmos builders and thinkers into a room designing a, a stable coin. Like I'm, I'm just really pumped to like read through the white paper, the documentation and like see everything completely fleshed out. I think there's like so much potential for that. and. Um, Excited to see a whole ecosystem of stable coins emerge. I think I think Austin tweeted out earlier, which he's on the Twitter space, about how like the vision for stable coins is not like, and I think CryptoCito also t- t- like tweeted this out too. It's it's like it's not one stable coin to rule them all. It's it's like we're building out a decentralized, resilient ecosystem of stable coins, and Silk is going to be one of them. And the cool part about Shade Protocol is Shade Protocol is more than just Silk. Right. That's 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 the that's the tipping point once people realize that little like asterisk there. But anyways, in summary, Comdex, IST, those are my two 
favorite uh, Cosmos projects right now that I'm like watching. Yeah, and I'll say it on my end. I think uh, Kujira, the team Kujira, just announced their uh, their decentralized, uh, you know, water book style exchange. So keep my eyes on that. It's, it's good to see them uh, rebounding from you know what they've uh, been doing with the Terra ecosystem, but definitely interesting to see. Yeah, I think those are all really, really big projects that are being developed in the Cosmos. Uh, I know I was on a call with Father Flash earlier today. He has a he has a DeFi Kingdoms T-shirt on, so I'm I'm surprised he didn't mention that. But maybe he just, maybe he just picked that up from Decentral Austin. I don't know. Called out. <laughs> yeah, you gotta change now. <laughs> Dalton, do we want to open for Q and A for the final? Yeah, like, seven minutes? yeah. I was gonna say for the final five to seven minutes here, um, let's do some Q and A. We'll bring some people up. Uh, they can they can ask questions. I know there's some community members in here. There's some people that I that I haven't seen around before. So. Uh, yeah, if you have a question for us, um, raise your hand in the in the in the space here, and, and we'll bring you up. And let's just keep it let's keep it brief, right? We're just we're gonna try and move through a couple people here. Uh, we got about five minutes or so. So, M, you should be brought up. You should be good to go. Welcome. Okay, my voice is a bit uh, broken. I'm sick. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> I wanted to. There's a concept I recently discovered. I didn't know about called algorithm by um, Samuel Conkick, and I was watching an introduction to it yesterday, and he's just talking about the price of money versus store of value, and price of money being a basket of um, commodities, co- uh, correlated a basket of commodities, and then that's collateralized by the value, store of value, whether it's like Atom or something. I was wondering if it's something you guys also talk, uh, thought about that could sort of live beside silk, like, uh, let's call it uh, silk with a C, uh, uh, C for commodities, where it'll live uh, alongside the fiat version of uh, silk. Uh, as, as cryptocurrency, we're kind of anti-fiat, so maybe another stable coin that's based off commodities. I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. Yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. There is, there's definitely thoughts about like what would it mean for like silk, this base stable coin, to back other stable coins or what would it mean to launch other stable coins after Silk has reached like a certain degree of adoption? So definitely keeping keeping our eyes on ideas like a commodity focused stable coin. I can't say it's on the current like immediate roadmap. Um, I think partially because like you launch too many stable coins at once, and that can be confusing from like an adoption standpoint. So it's like we're keeping the narrative laser focused on silk. It's already differentiated enough because of its attributes that we don't want to dilute that story and that adoption curve. But over time, I think there's there's definitely room for future experimentation. I would also say long-term, the basket which makes up silk could include commodities um, as Oracle solutions become available. So uh, right now, for we have gold and... Bitcoin as like non-fiat currencies, but in the future, we could add uh, small weights to other commodities as well. Great. And in terms of the community thing, um, not trying to go back on this algorithm thing, but I mean, the idea of, I mean, where this all started from, right? A complete free market. So I think that's what everybody's also trying to um, get to without the you know state control and whatnot. So isn't that one stem of what the, community ethos would be or are we talking about some other level of you know community-based yeah Ooh, that's that's a fascinating question um i think 
I don't know if that's fully emerged yet, to be honest. I, th- I think Silk as a stablecoin name implies a lot, right? Like anyone who has a, has a background in being like a privacy advocate, free market advocate, like that name alone is already like an interesting, interesting name. I think in terms of like community values, I haven't necessarily seen that side of the discussion be talked about as much. I still think it's, I think that identity is baked into Silk as a stablecoin. I haven't necessarily seen that baked into like community discussions as much as you might think. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I would encourage you if that, if those are your values as a community member of Shea Protocol, I would, I would encourage you to have those discussions on the Discord and Telegram and like see, see how people react. Cause I, I think, I think a lot of that alignment might be unspoken. Um, but yeah, I, I, does that make sense? Like, let's 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 talk about it. Like, I, th- I think it's I think it's fascinating. I just haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, it's because the reason I bring it up is because the reason I actually uh, gravitated towards Shade Protocol is because of this idea of trying to separate myself completely from um, a, a state of control and just be completely um, uh, so, so like a sovereign state, basically. You know. Right. Yep. Uh, a private global stablecoin. Yeah. That. I mean. That's. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Em. I, uh, I, I know personally, I would love to have that conversation. I know most of the people that are core protocol members know my personal stances. Um, but yeah, <laughs> let's have that. Let's have those conversations in the Discord. Um, I see Melch, Melch requested. Um, let's bring him up here really quick. Melch, you're on, man. I was thinking you guys were talking about sustainability, kind of that 10-year vision. I'm curious, in my own head, I think, how do you keep those people that have been around since like day one for those 10 years, how do you keep them uh, from kind of converting to, hey, I've got a big bag of shade. Now I'm incentivized to act that way instead of maybe how they started off as, you know, protocol backed and and now kind of have gone to the dark side, maybe (laughs) for lack of a better word. How do you prevent that kind of conversion from happening now that they've been there for a long time? That's that's fascinating. I, I would say there's there's two different effects at play there. There is the idea that the there's like a centralization of wealth around certain stakeholders that have been around for a long time and that can elicit a certain type of behavior. And then there's also the behavior that emerges from someone who simply has like put X amount of time into the community and the protocol, right? So like one of them has to do with the wealth, one of them has to do with the time invested. It's really interesting too, because wealth technically is a representation of time. So they both probably produce similar outcomes, but probably slightly different behaviors, if that makes sense. Um, how, do you, how do you reduce that effect over the long haul? Dang, Melch, that's a really hard question. I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. That's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer myself, which is why I came to mind. But I think it's almost like human nature and you can see it in cultures and groups that have been around for a long time. Right. So as as me being somebody early, that's kind of what I think of. Uh, how do you ins- keep that natural flow instead of uh, maybe seeing like some of the other communities that have kind of gone over uh, and you see people transition a little bit. So it's a tough one. But one one answer might be that, like, and th- this is really hard because this, this depends on like character and people like having their heart be in a certain place. But I think people that like you could give, right? You create a culture of like we celebrate giving and spreading the love, so to speak. I think Vitalik is one of the coolest examples of someone that's just 
been has mass amount of wealth and has like redistributed it in certain situations. And I don't know, can you can you false foster that type of like nonprofit give back to the community um, mentality? I think it's possible, but like it has there has to be an intentionality there that's thought about from from day one. So someone's got someone's got to write that down and something solved. Like how do we how do we put it on people's hearts in our community that like when you reach a certain level and they're very, very early, your gut reaction is not to hoard but to give. And that's 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 a really tough tough uh, character trait to elicit, as you said, human nature. Yeah, I like that. It's one thing that drew me to you guys. I think. If, if a culture can make sure that they don't get that like inner circle cool kids group, you know, that now is incentivized to, ex, you know, be exclusive. Don't let people in unless you're, you know, that, you know, uh, closed off cool kid kind of mentality. Um, I think that you guys do a good job of that already. So I know that that's just in my opinion, what's attracting me to you guys. So I think if that can be carried on through that 10 year plan, man, you've got a, a powerhouse that's going to go far away. Melch asking the absolute hard hitters. Appreciate it. Um, Melch has been around since since damn near day one. But uh, let's do let's do one more here, um, and then we will probably have to jump off. I know most of us have meetings, but uh, yeah, let's do let's do one more question. If anybody wants to raise their hand, uh, otherwise we will we will jump off. All right, I'm not I'm not seeing anybody raise their hands. Um, so I would say let's let's call it Carter Father Flash. Um, I think Ranger had to had to already jump off, but uh, thank you guys for jumping on. Thank you guys for having this conversation. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, I know it was our first space, but there was a there's a pretty good turnout. Let's um, these happen every week Wednesdays at 11 a.m. CT. Uh, so make sure to mark it in your calendar, uh, and we will see all of you guys next week. All right, bye everybody. Have a wonderful day, guys. Take care, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the weekly Shade Protocol Twitter space, recorded on Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, Evolution leaps forward. Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portal. Said it'll take me down a corridor. I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance. The cordless source from ancient coordinates smells like musty. Mutants, trust me. I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling. I must be getting close. Yo, the scene is disgusting. Parasitic mutations leeching off the country. Grab a couple samples and defy their custody. Feeding gamma rays to the beast at peak velocity. Mutating awesomely. Pre-sado wanna me. Taking all the scraps and beat them to the lottery always evolving to defy the possibly these are the things that will scream irresponsibly feeling uneasy these genes get them off of me i don't mean to trip it am i mutating properly we are the mutants we are the mutants we are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this.
Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms, but I can't stop now. Mutation. It's an art form, don't be alarmed. If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm, spinning crop circles in your yard, reaching the stars, need a way to get across. Got this little mutation, lets me hack key cards. Seen looking like it came out the first three saws, flexing like Rex when I mutate the pre-cop. Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw. Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre-slaw. Riders believe they bleed these endorsements, turning scientists into terrorist supporters. Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores. It's time to forage through DNA lore. So sink in a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see. We're all mad here, taking over your facility. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. Terrorist spaces. <laughs>